Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast. We are here to talk about Sunderland's first win since returning to the second tier of English football and on an unbeaten run of what is 18 games now, I believe. Interesting, isn't it? So, uh, also, our 800th episode tonight, which I only found out about about an hour ago. So, that's why we put the the, the, the number in the episode title so we can keep trying, but we still we're going to remove that too. And I think we've got it, um, yeah, you know, we're going to get rid of it. Production so meeting. Yeah, we'll have to um, put it. We're going to have to put it somewhere, which we will, so we make sure we keep track of these milestones. I almost feel like we should have prepared something special for it. Um, We're delighted to say our special guest on this 800th episode is James Hunter from the Evening Chronicle. We've gone big. We've gone big and we've gone bold for this one. Not a coincidence. Nice to to share your milestone with you, lads. James recording from a car. Very David Brent. So yes, I'm uh, I'm in a car in a car park, um, sort of uh, North Yorkshire way, Robin Hood's Bay. Ooh, that's nice. how desperate he is to get involved. That's a, that that's the that's the passion and commitment that has seen us get to 800 episodes. Because uh, obviously, it's with the great benefit of people like James and many others involved in the industry and ex players, stuff like that, who give up the time um, and come and do it. So. You know, I think to be fair, if it was seven nine nine or eight or one, I would have said sorry. About nah, nah. Yeah, <laughs> ego, your ego took over. <laughs> it's a kind of attitude that's helped this podcast excel, but that's maybe pushing it a bit far. Yeah, it's, um, it's helped it middle, manage to exist. Out, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to tell you, ten years ago, we couldn't have done it. So Stephen started by trying to record outside. Um, but the wind was blowing his mic, so it sounded yeah. terrible. James is in a car. I'm in a house. We're recording this over the internet. Um, so it's, it's you know, there's been many advancements uh, in the time. Well, I mean, one of the people who used to do the podcast, I guess, not this one technically, but kind of, is now like in the dugout at Sunderland um, with the current management team. Obviously, we give Michael a leg up with that because obviously if we hadn't given him the exposure he needed, oh, um, he wouldn't, wouldn't have a chat. He wouldn't have had a chance. So, you know, I think, you know, credit to us. If he hadn't have... Um... <laughs> persevered with us and thought this is really really what I don't yeah. want to do with my life <laughs> yeah. if I'm ever going to follow my dreams it's never, yeah, never. Yeah. yeah yeah you're welcome Michael <laughs> I think you won't be listening what's quite ironic actually is because you've just mentioned now that you know the technology and I was trying to stay outside and if the sun comes back I'm going to give it another go um, it's the wind it's not the sun that's I know but I know but the wind only comes out when the, when the clouds over it's fine when it's fine when it's not it's it is I've been it's, it's, I've been sitting in the garden all day I'm working from home today and it, when the sun gets out it's red hot no wind whatsoever when a clouds no. over there's breeze so I'm not having that because how, how can how can a cloud move over without breeze I, I don't know don't know. So, don't, yeah, don't know what one. you want us to say. Ironically, it's we. The reason we started this pod was because um, mm. it was it was really you, you couldn't have done this then. Like the other people mm. were having a go, and the quality wasn't quite there. And it's just because I had access to the studio at the time, which is no longer needed now. <laughs> um, mm. But that was why we thought we'd give it a go. Really, wasn't it? Um, yeah, because we had the studio access and could bring you a sound quality that like wasn't really available. Um, this is back to some of those earlier ones. Uh, earlier, the sound quality was not that great, so that's probably on me. So sorry about that. You know, 
Yeah. Oh, those are the days. Right? There you go. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, but you know, still, well, it's, it's, still you know, gone. It's, still yeah, there. still gone, and it was just something different. You know, I think Rock Report were having a good go at the time, despite Chris Weatherspoon being one mm-hmm. of the the regular guests. But the, yeah. you know, the, they would be first to say the audio quality wasn't there then, and then they came on board with what we did after that. And we obviously had access to the Sunderland manager at the time, Martin O'Neill, and I'd started to um, meet people like James on the circuit, so we could start getting. Good quality guests in, so the rest is history. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's a very, very uh, more on that on it, but they yeah, they well, you know, switching off in the droves. No, ah, no, switching on in the droves. When you look at how many people listened to that first one, yeah, <laughs> that was probably me listening over and over again. Over again, yeah. press and play because SoundCloud's SoundCloud's brutal for just exposing yeah. that kind of thing. It's like you know, everybody can see how many people's listening to this now. So if you're going to go for it. Um, you've got to back yourself, and uh, despite that, we we carried on. Despite those numbers for the first one, uh, we carried on, and uh, Sunderland have marked it with a win. There you go. I'm just, sorry, just distracted. Keep my eye on that sun. It's coming out. Um, and you've got a kind of lager there, Gareth. Yeah, yeah. See, this is what I wanted. This is what it was nice this afternoon. I thought I'm going to sit and mark the 800 episode outside and have a can, but I've actually got no. No alcohol in there. Considered going to get some on my break, but I work and walking in my work polo shirt, like carrying cans during the day. I just thought, no, 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 this is a good look. It'd be all right. And I probably, you know, it's nobody else's business, but still, I just thought I'll, I'll, uh, <clears throat> I'll just have to wait. So, a cup of tea it is for me. Sunderland themed, Sunderland themed mug. Lovely, like it. Well, I would never. Yeah, it's it's a. Do you find that Gareth James? Um, maybe different for you, James, because the nature of your job. But do you find, Gareth, like offer secret Santas? People buy you oh, Sunderland stuff. Sunderland mug. <laughs> yeah, Sunderland. Um, I get yeah. I get a different reincarnation of Sunderland mug every Christmas off somebody in the in the secret Santa, um, yeah. which would get ironically. I would never buy that myself, but I don't mind it. Oh, I don't. Mind you're it. listening, then you. Get they won't be listening. Yeah, they won't be. Just, listening. just get them a voucher. Uh, yeah, I, I work with mainly females who have no interest in football. They won't be listening. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, right, James, why are you in your car? Just like why? Why are you? Are you? I know you've said you're, you're on a you're on a trip, but um, have you got company there? <laughs> no, no. Made, made your excuses and uh, left. I've I've made Quite my sinister. excuses. Left my left my company alone for half an hour while I come and and oh, done this with, with you guys. Go. I'm sitting here in the car, so I've got Pro- a little bit of peace and quiet. No wind. It's lovely. <laughs> probably wanting we, us to get a move on. Yeah, so. I was thinking we, but I, I, <laughs> he's probably not the only one, is he? <laughs> if, oh. if you hear somebody, if you hear somebody <laughs> drumming the fingers on the roof of the car, you'll know that my uh, yeah. my company has returned and wants me to get on. Where will we ever start then? Um, we. Um, we we knew going in this match, Bristol City could be a little bit, little bit dodgy at the back. Um, firstly, um, before we get in, uh, drill down into the game, I think just the the team selection for me was interesting. One saw doesn't this look like a really nice even before the game started? What looked like a really nice balanced team on paper, managing to get Dan Neil into it, Pritchard and two centre forwards. That was the big take from the team selection, wasn't it? Well, as you well know, Stephen, I've always been a fan of three at the back. 
Yeah, um, well, being so, three in the back, just yes, not so pro. because it gives you. I I always say, if you play with a back three, it gives you the opportunity to be to pick the most aggressive team you can, and it gives you balance as well. Um, I would say we're very aggressive in our back three, um, given we've essentially got a full whack in it, um, and we've basically got a winger playing on both sides. Um, so, in, in as your wing backs. Um, and yeah, I think you know that's the the positive thing. That's I think that's been a massive, massive like ticking Alex Neil's box when he's like the way he selects his sides, and we very rarely look like a team who's you know setting up to stay in the game or you know picking a defensive sort of option. We we, we always look like a team who wants wants to impose themselves on the game and find ways to win the game. Um, and that was no different. Like, really, obviously, really pleased to see Sims start. Um, and as it transpired, it was um, a very, very uh, fruitful selection. Interesting selection, James, wasn't it? Because we were talking after the <clears throat> Coventry game last week, question why, when the players, Ross Stewart in particular, <laughs> absolutely knackered at the end of that game and, and dead on the feet almost, and we were questioning why. Sims wasn't just thrown on there just to just to add some fresh legs and just to give us a new focal point up front and take the pressure off us a little bit. And then we've all kind of jumped to the conclusion, well, he's obviously just way off the pace, but way off the pace he wasn't when he started on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I think Alex Neal likes to mix things up a little bit. I mean, Coventry started with a with a back three last week, but he but he, Alex Neal, decided to start with a back four this time down at Bristol City, they started with a, a three and Sunderland matched them up. You know, it's sometimes it can be quite hard to read. Uh, sometimes he, de- he deliberately matches teams up. Sometimes he deliberately goes the opposite way. Uh, I think if you're going to play with a back three, then you, you really need two, two strikers. So possibly he took the view last week against Coventry that, um, that Ellis Sims wasn't ready to, to start that game, having only come in a couple of days beforehand. Um, but with a, week's full, well, a full week of training um, at Sunderland, under his belt, then then he was okay to start. I mean, um, you know, he, he he tired later on in the game, but he was going to because he you know he'd run himself into the ground by then. Um, but as as Gareth rightly says, you know, it worked out really well, and he looked sharp right from the off. You know, uh, in fact, the pair of them did him and uh, Ross Stewart obviously put in um, Bristol City under pressure uh, in only the sort of, what was it fourth or fifth minute, and Stewart winning the ball and uh, Nellis Sims. You know, snaffling up and, and uh, making the most out of out of that chance, and that really put Bristol City on the back foot, and particularly for a, for a team like Bristol City that that have had uh, you know one of the poorer home records um, uh, in recent times in in the championship. Um, you know that really built the pressure on them early. You know, and that was the, you know you know it worked 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 a treat from Sunderland's point of view. You know, you look at Stewart and and Sims, and they're absolutely. You know, going to cause better centre halves than the ones who were yeah. facing the weekend a lot of problems. I think you've got that really good combination in in the, the way they operate, and I think they you know they're all fast in different ways. Um, I think sort of it's almost like you know Ross Stewart's like the as he used to say about Michael Holding the West Indies fast bowler, whispering death because he used to like arrive at the crease like silently, and that's what it's a bit like with Ross Stewart, he's not like got that acceleration. It's just more this 
just sustained pace over over a distance, and he just gets like the amount of times he gets in for as we saw him in the playoff semi final. Did it nick the ball away, didn't he? And, and and scored in the first leg. How many times you see him run a ball down the line and the defender looks favourite, and then Stewart comes away with it. It's just a, it's very difficult to stop. And then you look at Sims, his pace is very he's, his acceleration is, you know, that, that it was very, and I think it was reflected on the comms, I think, Lee, how he made a comment, that I think that probably a lot of Sunderland fans who were watching the game probably did the same, where there was a ball just knocked into the, towards the edge of the box, and I think Sims, the defender had about 10 yards on Sims, and Sims got the ball comfortably, and it was like, wow, he's fast. And when, when's the last time he had an explosive explosively quick centre forward and so maybe it was trying to think and mention that it was probably maybe Cissé it's probably similar in his pace where he just he was just very sort of explosively quick I can't really think of anyone since then um, and I think it's a if you ask any fan the kind of player that they want or list an attribute that they want it would be that would be going to be in the top two or three you know if, uh, you know physicality Athleticism, pace, probably. If you've got a player with those things, you know, I think yeah, and, and they've got a bit of ability, then you, you could you're in business, I think. And there's, I think it's got a lot to be excited about with those two. As bit as basic as this analysis sounds, <laughs> it was just really good that they both got on the score sheet, James, as well, yeah. because it, it it's it's. For, it's good for any centre forward to score on the debut, obviously, for obvious reasons, because, you know, it's a massive confidence thing for footballers. And we've seen it with people over the years, like Vaughan and Alidor, when the longer it goes on and on and on, when the goals don't start coming, um, the more players of the mind. So a brace for him was great, but also for Stuart as well, just to remind everybody he's still here as well, because he's the new guy's coming to partner him, and he'll be aware that, you know, they're probably not going to play up front together every game. There will be games where it's going to be one or the other. And Stuart needs to let people know he's still around as well. So he'll be he'll feel great to get off the mark. Um, if not, because there's there's always a question mark when any player like that steps up a level as well. And this is the highest level he's been at now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, for, for the reasons that you just said, obviously, Ellis Sims comes comes to Sunderland. You come in, you're a you're a new player and you're at a new club. Um, I think it's it's fair to say that um that that fans wouldn't have known too much uh, about Ellis Sims before he arrived here. Um, and what you don't want is to go five, ten, you know, a dozen games without without a goal. You you want to, you know, get up and running straight away. And that's exactly what he's done. Well, you know, inside five minutes, you know, it doesn't come much, much better than that. You know, we've seen strikers at Sunderland in the past that have taken a long, long time to to get off the mark and and you can visibly see see the weight of of, of the you know or the, the burden get get heavier and heavier for them week by week um, as, as the games tick by and they don't get a goal. Um, Ross Stewart, um, similar, in the, but in a different way. And, you know, we know he scored 26 goals last year um, in League One, which was a, a brilliant season from, from his point of view. Um, but he is at a higher level now. And again, you don't want to go five, five championship games, 10 championship games without a goal. Um, he, you know, he scored a, in his second second appearance at this level. Proved that he that he can get goals at, at this level. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure that I'm, I'm hoping that, that that'll be the fir- first of many. But he's he's up and running, and and to have your two two strikers um, scoring goals at this uh, early stage is you, you know will have been just what Alex Neil wanted. 
you know you you don't want to to go through that point where people start to question and start to doubt and is is so and so good enough will can they make it at this level blah 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 um you know they they're both up and running and 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 that's great to see it keeps it keeps the wall from the door a little bit doesn't it when it, when it comes to discussions about um obviously the the under, like well the squad is under strength the under strength squad that we do have and it does keep those discussions away, doesn't it? A little bit. If you're getting results, people start talking about it in a different way, don't they? They're going like, "Oh well, we know we need another striker." Yeah. Um, because what if one of these gets injured and like, or you know, one of them's not doing it, or you know, if we, if, yeah. you, if you start the season with negative results, um, people will be going, "Well, we're, we're short, and like we need to get these players in as soon as possible." Now the conversation's more, "We know we're going to strengthen, or or hopefully strengthen, or bring new players in." Yeah, um, isn't it great that we're playing the way we are playing, and these players are going to come in and challenge and bolster the squad? So that's yeah. like a real. I think that's like a real, in terms of like a sort of psyche of like a supporter, is probably a real positive thing because it thinks yeah, well. It, it makes you feel like well, if these if this is what we can do with this group, add a bit of quality to it. And what you know, maybe we're looking more towards mid table realistically. <laughs> It's it's very much like um, very much like the start of last season, if you think about it, where yeah. Sunderland went went into the season with a squad that was that was still very much a work in progress. I think um, am I right in in saying that uh, there were no specialist fullbacks yeah, from the Dan season? Ne- Dan Neil started left back, didn't he? Dan Neil yeah. played left back in the first game. So so that, so you, you know the, the the squad was partially formed now. Um, you're going into the season and what you can't afford to do is allow teams to get a head start on you. Um, Sunderland are like that this season. I think, what is the seven championship games between um, the beginning of the season and the end of the transfer window? Well, I think last year it was slightly less because they started later. I think it was um, uh, might have been four or five games by the end, end of August. And Sunderland had an excellent start um, I think they just lost the one game, didn't they, at, um, at Burton um, in, in that opening month. Um, they had a very good start, despite the fact that the squad w- was still being still being built. And it feels like that this time round. And given that Sunderland are, are in a, a higher division this time, um, you know that, that that's, that's working well for Sunderland. You don't you don't want to be struggling in this opening month. They couldn't afford to give uh, teams a head start on them this season. When you know there's going to be tough challenges ahead, there are going to be bumps in the road. Any more than they could afford it last year when when they had a promotion campaign to, um, you know, to, to concern themselves with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, and when I mean the, the the first half and second half performances will be very different because we, you've got to give Sunderland credit for the way they, I think, respond in particular to going behind so early in the second half because what I can gather people were thick, fearing the worst by then you know we, we we scored a goal we didn't hold the lead for very long at all um, and then we've 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 considering we tired so much against Coventry in the first game and ended that ended that game on the back on the back foot but you know almost like out of ideas and out of energy and stuff um, it didn't board well for Bristol City getting an early goal in 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 the second half, in front of what was their highest crowd in forty years, I believe I was I was hearing or oh, reading wow. yesterday somewhere. Um, so Sunderland have done yeah. really well, haven't they? In, in terms of just character, you know, before tactics and systems and all that stuff, character to get back into the game and turn it around. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, you look at um, you look at the season really as as a 
as a series of challenges, really. First win, first point, first clean sheet, first goal, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this was, this was a challenge in, in itself. It was the first time they'd been behind um, since, since um, you know, they'd been back in the championship. How will they respond to that? And how they responded to it was to equalise within two minutes um, and get themselves back in, in the game and go on to turn it round and, and win. Um, you know that that's for what that does for for a team's mentality and for for their, their morale. I mean, you know, you, you can't uh, uh, you can't overstate how important that is. That's you know that that's that's massive to to see from the team's belief point of view um, for for them to do that and and to show that okay, you get a setback, but you know you you you, you come back into it and you come out on top. I mean, uh, that was a, a real box tick from my point of view. I guess it's a continuation, though, isn't it? When you know of those difficult moments under Alex Neil um, last year, you know, generally we came through them. I mean, but I say generally. One, one, the exceptions would be, you know, a few of the the draws we had against some of the lower ranked teams in League One at times, and you know, I think we drew nil nil at Lincoln and things like that, and obviously laboured against some of the teams like Shrewsbury, but we. We came through. We, we we kept knocking on the door and scored the late goals in those games that we needed to. Um, I mean that challenge has been presented to the players. I would say sort of eight out of ten times to come through it, and it was a you know that you could argue there was a test of a different nature against Coventry, where you know we there was clearly an issue in how we were trying to defend in that game, but you can't fault the desire to to defend that was there. And at the weekend, it was more like last season, I would say, because generally in the last four years, we haven't come under like sustained spells of pressure in games, really, have we? Um, in the, in, in, at the weekend, it was very much like last season where it was like, right, well, we've gone behind or we're, we're levelling the game. How are we going to win the game from here? And they don't go into the shell and think, oh, was it, like Stephen saying early in the second half, you, you know, a lot of teams would have gone... Like newly promoted teams probably buckled a bit and maybe conceded again. Um, where we actually it was like, right, we're gonna get control of the game now. And we absolutely as soon it was like it was almost like as soon as they scored, it was just complete we had complete control of the game. It was just all Sunderland. They barely really had a had an attempt after that. I can't really recall any any sort of sustained pressure from them. It was just a little bit nervy towards the end, a little bit. Maybe, but... Forcing some half chances and stuff. It was. We weren't... I wouldn't say we were really, you know, passing barely had a save to make. Um, it was just, you know, it was more of, the, more of what we're seeing last season against better teams and better players. And that it's got to be... You know, I'm, I'm surprised at um, the positive balance in the games that we've had. Um I thought it would be. I thought we would have struggled a little bit more, um, and I think that's a testament to the manager and then and then the players, really, isn't it? Because you know they're, they're so well organised, really, aren't they? And I think that's that's yeah. probably what what gives them that little bit extra few percentage points in in the game where if you're not organised, you can easily get run ragged. But you know we 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 just seem to know know how to compete. Yeah. 
I mean, Alex Neal's a very astute reader of the, of the game, isn't he? And he, um, you know, that that's immediately apparent as soon as you, you speak to him. He, he sees what other managers are doing and, and he already has some a plan in his mind of how you counteract that or what you do to, um, to guard against um, the strengths of, of the other team. To be fair, you know, you saw that a little bit against... Coventry, Coventry were on the back foot in that uh, in that first half against Sunderland. Mark Robbins made changes to, to get Coventry back into the game, so you so you are going to going to see that from from opposition as well. But Alex Neal is definitely um, one of the most astute um, readers of, of a game that, that I can remember at Sunderland in, in, in quite a while. And um, you know, f- fans have often said about managers having a plan B well it always seems that Alex Neal's got a plan B and a C and a D and an E you know he's, he, he's got uh, various different um, variations uh, depending on, on what another team does and that can be invaluable particularly in tight games and particularly in games which Sunderland are going to have this year but because I mean despite the fact Sunderland have got four points in two games and that's been you know an excellent start there are going to be of challenges ahead and there are going to be bumps in the road and um, you know it's not all going to go as, as well as the first two games have, have gone um, so to have the, those sort of options and variations if, if you like is, is going to be invaluable over the course of the season Yeah Well we're going to hear now uh, from Richard Forrester from Bristol Live um, just a couple of minutes from Richard to see how he saw the game through the eyes of a Bristol City reporter <laughs> Another game and uh, another defeat for Bristol City and I don't think they can really have too many complaints about the result this time. Uh, my pretty much prediction where it was going to be tight and need a bit of magic to um, to be the difference of the teams obviously went out completely out the window after, after four minutes. Um, and at the end of the day, I think the game just came down to which attackers could make the most of the defensive errors on show. And I thought, well, obviously Sunderland did that the better. And I thought the two strikers, Sims and Ross Stewart, were the right handful to play to play against. I think they ran City's defence ragged, really. And it was a, quite an eye-opener for, I think, the home fans to see that the defensive frailties of last season are still there. Um, but I thought those two up front for Sunderland were really good, and so they can build a look like they can build a great partnership going forward. And I think from obviously it's only one game that I've seen of Sunderland, but the evidence on that game, then I'm sure they'll be they'll be fine this season, especially if those two can stay fit. But I was also quite impressed with Pritchard as well in midfield. Um, he played that great pass into Sims for the for the second goal, and, and he made. Made no no mistake coming in inside the box, but I don't think the Bristol City fans are, are too happy at the full time whistle. Um, but I think now the dust has settled, they can pick out some of the positives from the game and the fact that they created enough chances. Um, they just weren't clinical enough, really. Um, but again, it's the same kind of topic of conversation that Nigel Pearson was on about in the uh, last season where just need to score three. Three or more goals to just seemingly get a point out of um, out of the game, and it proved to show that that was uh, the same again on uh, on Saturday. Um, but I think overall it was probably a fair result. And um, Dan Bentley made t- 
two really good saves. Um, a brilliant one in the second half as well, although where we could have done better for the second goal is, is debatable. But yeah, no, no real complaints, I don't think, um, from a Bristol City perspective. And congratulations to, uh, to Alex Neil and his, I think he got his tactics spot on um, by trying to attack that space behind to the wing backs with um, Bristol City pushed forward. So yeah, congratulations and good luck for the rest of the season. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Okay, thanks to Richard there. Right, any more shout outs for any of our players? I feel like we should we should be giving them some prayer, shouldn't we? For a come on, then give me some shout outs. I'm giving, I want to give a double thumbs up for Jack, Jack Clark. I think in both games, he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, and exceeded I quite like I know he's a bit of a marmite player last season it seems some people weren't quite sure about him um, but I thought like you know for somebody playing at left wing back um, who's definitely more of an attacking player I think is you know he might not go flying into challenges or whatever but his like work rate's brilliant and he's definitely been more of a he's mixed it up a little bit more second half he seemed to go more outside instead of like trying to cut back in all the time I think he should do that more because um, it, it, it definitely gets more um, sort of more end product, um, more positive end product when he when he goes down the outside of the defenders and stuff like that. But I think he's been terrific, and I think Corey Evans as well. After a bit of a shaky start in the first game, I thought he was very good at the weekend. So yeah. there there's, um, my, there's my two. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with you. Jack Clark was excellent. I thought he got better as the game went on, really caused Bristol problems, particularly in the second half. Um, Corey Evans, I thought, was was excellent as well. He's he's another of those players that um, uh, I think some fans sometimes w- wonder um, about his value to the team. But I think if you look at look at what he does off the ball, not just what he does on the ball, the positions he takes up, um, and the way that he, he plays with his with his head a lot of the time, I think um, I think I think that's re- really crucial to to the team. And and it's one of those things where he he, do, he doesn't do the flashy things. He doesn't, uh, doesn't catch the eye when he's on the ball, perhaps in the same way that say an Alex Pritchard does. Um, but it, but it's it's the, the quiet work, the stuff that goes on in the background that you have to keep an eye on. And I, and I thought he was really good. And Alex Pritchard as well as the, uh, as the other one, uh, naturally, who, who, as I say, does the other side of the game. Um, he was excellent on, on the ball, putting some really incisive passes. It was his cross for Ross Stewart's goal. Um, you know, I, th- I thought he was excellent. But the, the one problem with Alex Pritchard is because his, his standards are so, are so high, sometimes it's easy to take that for granted. I think with Pritchard, he, he had a bit of a... Like yeah, he he played that ball um, 
for the second goal, which was great. Um, but it seemed it seemed to like liven him up, didn't it? That that the error that he made for their goal it was almost yeah. like that switched him on in from more of an attacking perspective. And after that, he was really excellent and obviously got the two assists. Yeah, yeah. Richard's going to come in for some recognition this year. I mean, he got man the match from the from the um, Sky Studio in our first game last week. Um, you know, Richard from Bristol Lives was named. Checked him there. Um, you know, he he's done it at this level before, as we know. Went for big money before. You definitely feel like he's going to be one um, who's going to attract possible attention. We'll not go there. It's really early days. Let's not freak ourselves out. Um, and Corey Evans is interesting because we did criticise him after last week's performance, so we're not being, um, you know, revisionist on that. Um, so it was, it was good to see him put a good performance in because I still think there's a big question mark over um, the step up that he'll have to make this season. So that was it's, good. I think Sergan think Sir, has sort of settled in quite nicely as well. I mean, you yeah. know, he had that was his first full season last year, and he had a couple of nasty injuries as well. Um, he had the, like a bad concussion, didn't he? Bad head injury, and yeah. he had some muscle injuries. Um, and I, I, I think he's another one who goes under the radar a little bit in terms of his. Um, he just gets on with the gets on with the job, doesn't he? Really? Yeah. Well, he's, he never, he never. I can't. It's very rare after a game when you you know you listen to a reaction pod or you're just talking amongst yourselves or whoever you go to the match with. It's very rare that Sergan comes on the any sort of criticism really, yeah. which just kind of sums up because again, it doesn't go the other way. You don't come, you don't come out thinking, wow, Sergan was excellent there. Yeah. Um, but as a player where he yeah. is in his um, career development, I don't think that's a bad thing as you say. It just means he's just, just yeah. doing a competent, a competent job. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be happy with that, I bet, at the moment. Yeah. Let himself <laughs> grow into it. Um, right. Um, we'll go away. Have a little break, come back, spend another 10 minutes or so just chatting about where Sunderland go from here. Uh, have expectations for the season changed and uh, we'll maybe brush over the League Cup fixture midweek. Welcome back to the Wiseman's Here podcast. Right, okay. Um, four points, two games. Don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but when Sunderland were in this division last... They also had four points from the first two games. They played at home to Derby. Should have won that game. Live on Sky. <laughs> Didn't. Drew it. They went then went to Norwich away from home, who got promoted, I believe, that season. And um, won very convincingly. And the new striker, James Vaughan, scored. And everybody was yeah. happy about that. They did. So, no, I don't think they did get promoted, did they? Did they not? I thought they did. No. Got, okay. I don't think James. I don't think James won scored either. Did he not? Oh, well, no, like, no. oh, that's just so, you know, eight yeah. hundred shows no. in. Yeah, yeah. Factually, is incorrect as ever. At uh, Carriage Road, as you once yeah, called it. Yeah, I didn't know. It was just the way it sounded. Um, no, no, no. I can't. You, <laughs> no, I'm not having that. But, like, I don't want to get into that now. I'll do it later. But um, yeah. Uh, I think you actually going back to season one with that. I think. Um, probably, I think it's season two. I think, but. Um, yeah, it was. Um, did, did Vaughan score against Derby then? He scored an early goal. No, um, Graben scored in that game as well. Vaughan mm. scored an early goal and then he didn't score again with Burton away. Oh, did he? Mm. We'll, have a look. We'll, have, we'll have a look at a bit. We'll fact check in a bit. I um, thought he scored one. And goal. you look, I, I don't think. No, because if you remember the club congratulated him on scoring his first goal. Oh, yeah, his first goal. Yeah, yeah. He and then like he that, replied he? to the tweet saying it's my second goal, actually. 
because it had been that long since he scored his first one. I'm going to fact check this. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he did score. I think he did. I think he did. I think he scored a header from across. Anyway. Um, no, he did. No, he did. You're right. Actually, no, he yeah. did. I remember now. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was in the second half. And then McGeady scored. Uh, yeah. Scored that good goal. So there you go. So a new striker right. scores. A new striker He's scores right. away from home early in his career. And Sunderland, they're going to be all right in the championship. We know what happened then. Look, I, I know that's not going to happen again. It's a very different... Um, players, I think the, the, the very different surroundings to where we were, to where we were then. But it is James, just a reminder. Um, you know, let's just. You know, I don't want to stop people from getting carried away, but it is just a, it's a reminder, isn't it? That it's really early days. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, Stephen, you've got the uh, relegation alarm bells ringing in <laughs> Goldsmith Towers. Um, you know, four points after two games is 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 clearly relegation. Yeah. Point. It's triggered. Um, it's triggered a memory. <laughs> it's triggered trauma. But was it? I was. I knew. I thought we'd the first two results were the same, but it was um, three one at Norwich or three two. Yeah, three one. Oh. I think. I think the time to worry is if you don't win another game until Halloween. You know, until after <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. If Alex Neil gets sacked on Halloween, then uh, we. You know, it will be too close for comfort. No. Um. I mean, yeah. Okay. So. So the, the the records identical after or near enough identical after two games, but there's a completely different feel about this squad. This is a a, a squad that's um, that's stepping up and and has something to prove, rather than a squad that uh, that looked thrown together right right from the off and uh, and looked like didn't want to be in the championship, didn't want to be at the club. To be honest with you, quite a few of those players. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, will not be much mourned. Quite a few of them. Um, this feels complete, completely different. This is a, a squad that's largely comprised of, of the promotion winners from, from last season. Um, so I, I think that um, there's lots to, to be optimistic about, lots to look forward to. As, as I've said, my, my note of caution is, is, is not that uh, um, they've, they've got the same points tally after two games as they did uh, when they got relegated. My... my my only note of caution is that there are going to be bumps along the way this this season. You know, it's, it, there are going to be tough times. There are going to be runs of games where Sunderland, you know, go without a win or even you know lose two, three, maybe even four game games in a row. And the point will be people to hold the nerve at that point and accept that uh, you know um, this transition to to our higher level is going to come with uh, um, with some you know kinks in in the path. Um, and and just just to stick with it, it's it's going to be a, a case of hold, holding the nerve. I think uh, Gareth was talking about um, uh, you know reappraising expectations to possibly mid table. I mean, cool, I think I'll, I'll be delighted with that. Snap your hand off for for mid table right away. I think um, you know I, I don't want to say that uh, Sunderland's goal this season is is avoiding relegation. Uh, I don't want to be the person that, that sets the bar that low, but of course that has to be the first hurdle that you clear. But it's not the extent of Sunderland's um, ambitions for the season. You know, the, the the first thing is, yeah, don't get sucked back into the League One, uh, you know, uh, abyss next season. But that's not the limit of the expectation. That's the that's the floor. Um, then you can look for, further up, and, and uh, you know I'd, I'd love to to be coming on at the end of the season and reflecting on a mid-table finish, or mm. you know even even mid mid uh, mid-table to to you know I don't know what 16, 16, 15, somewhere somewhere there. That I'll, I'll take that as a. There's not usually a, a lot, is there, between like sort of 
11th and 18th in that division. It all seems to be quite a, a large chunk of teams separated by not a lot. You mentioned League One there, getting trapped, sucked back into that. Did anybody else look at Derby lose at the weekend and think, thank God. Wigan got stuck. Thank God. I know, but kind of, you know. Well, I had the highlights on. I was like... It's the Derby though, isn't it? The fact they've gone down there, skipping along the road, like like we do. Oh, this is going to be nice. This is going to be really nice, you know. You know, 30,000 turned up for the first game they had at home there. And they're like, it's going to be a nice little refreshing break this and we're going to win and we're going to go to new grounds and travel to new places and win most of the games and go up and then I saw them lose and I thought yeah 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 <laughs> so was watching the highlights and when the league one ones came on it was like just a just a relief it was like not being in that league anymore so like it was every like it's so stark the, the, the difference between the championship and league one in many respects is huge um, you know, it does feel like a little bit of like a weight, like a sort of barren wasteland league one in compared in comparison to the championship, doesn't it? When you you talk about the the attendances and stuff like that at that game at the weekend, and you know, you it's nice to be going to you know proper stadiums again and playing clubs are more used to. Nice to say we're still a big draw, but being yeah, at this yeah, level, you know, the fact player, that we've had such yeah. a, a high attendance, that, you know, that was yeah. good. And we are still a big draw. Um, but I think, you know, James, we discussed again last week after the show, and, and Gareth mentioned earlier there that a, a win keeps the wolf from the door. Um, but we were saying, and Alex Neil, more importantly, was saying after the Coventry game, I need to bring four or five players in. We've had another game pass by since, and there's not a lot happening, is there, that we know about anywhere? No, I think that there are things going on in the background. Yeah, well, some, you hope so. some, some long, yeah. some some long running targets that Sunderland are after. Um, of course, like like any manager, you've got you've got that tension, haven't you, between um, you know a head coach that wants his squad. Uh, in place as quickly as as possible to give them the maximum amount of time to work with them, and then you've got the people uh, that are, that have to think about the budgets. You know, Christian Speakman in in Sunderland's case, who are trying to get the players that you want at the best possible price. Um, so you've always got that that, that tension, and, it, and it's a bit, and it's a bit sort of when you're dealing with other clubs, it's a case of who blinks first, isn't it? Um, I think. The fact that Sunderland have got four points on the board after two games means that it's not panic stations. I think if if your first two games go past and you've not got a point, then you know you're the one that's likely to blink first. You're going to think, "Crikey, I I need these players in, and I need them right away, and I'll have to pay whatever premium is there." I think if you're getting results, then it buys you some time, doesn't it? You know, in, in the most literal sense, it buys you some time to get those players in. You're getting results while you're while you're waiting. Um, but yeah, of, of course, the sooner those those players arrive, um, the better. Because I think you know we can all see that that this squad is um, you know under strength and in some some key areas. Um, and certainly until Ellis Sims arrived, uh, I would argue that it, that it was weaker going into the season than than it was at the end of last season. Um, it, uh, I'm not so sure I would agree with that. Now it's probably pretty much on on a par quality wise, but certainly numbers wise, it's it's still um, still under strength. And you need to make sure, don't you? Again, something that's that's you know it's, this is not a new take or a hot take by any stretch of the imagination. 
but because you're stepping up, you've just mentioned now we're, we're probably happy with with the you know what the the squad is in terms of the first 13, 14 players, and it gets a bit weaker after that. So you need to make sure that the players who come in, if possible, are an improvement to what we have. That's a thing. It's no good just fleshing out a squad. Yeah, for the yeah. Sake and, of- and and don't forget, obviously, this week Sunderland have got a Carabao Cup game down at um, Sheffield Wednesday, and under normal circumstances, you'd probably want to make you know quite a few changes. Um, but there aren't that many changes that um, that Neil can can make without uh, you know really um, bringing in youngsters to to pad things out. There's, there's a few. I mean, there are people like Carl Winchester. Um, and Jay Matete that haven't had a, a game in the league, I'd be yeah. amazed if they're not uh, play, they're not yeah. starting down down there. But still, you know, you've got Ellis Sims and you've got Ross Stewart as your as your strikers. Do you you know, in an ideal world, you wouldn't want to play either of them. Never mind both of them, would you? Um, in a in a cup game at this stage, because you don't want to risk any injuries. Elise Elise is it pronounced Elise here or Elise? Uh, Elise, yeah, yeah, Elise, Elise. Find out tomorrow. <laughs> we'll just take the word tomorrow. of whoever. We'll take the word yeah. of however how, how the commentator um, yeah. uh, pronounces it. So he's going to start again. You would imagine needs minutes. So it would be interesting to see why he plays yeah. these guys. Carl Winchester, you've just said that. You know, it'd be interesting to see why he plays. Is he right back now? In the eyes of Alex I, Neil, I think I think Alex Neil certainly sees him as a defender now. I think he sees him as either a right back or a right sided centre back. Three. <sighs> I don't know. That was never convincing to me last season. That uh, they're the two positions that, that you know. The right back was okay. He was all right. The right the, back. It was the centre half yeah. experiment. I didn't like. Yeah. Well. Well. They're the, the the two positions that he he sees him or says that he sees him in now, uh, not as a right sided centre half in a in a back four, but as a right sided centre half in a in a back three. So you know, again, a lot depends on what shape he plays against uh, Sheffield Wednesday, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, Bailey Wright's not had a had a kick this season yet, yeah. so he's another one that could mm. come in. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because some of these players are actually they were they were a big big part of our team last year. Because I was just thinking, now God knows how, what kind of players going to have to play. But there's quite a few you mentioned there. It'd be interesting to see what he does with um, with people like Embleton as well. Obviously, played start of the first game, not the second. Yeah. Does you know? It's still early enough in the season. He's young. You know, I'll, I'll probably I wouldn't be surprised to see him start as well. You know, there, there's a chance for you to go and um, express yourself and 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 stamp your authority on the game. So it'll be interesting on 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 that aspect. But nobody really cares about this this game on Wednesday, do they? None of us. Do anybody care? Oh, I think it's you know I don't not care. But... Yeah, yeah, you, you never want to see us lose. I'm not going to be happy to see. I'm never going to be that person who says, oh, "I just want us to lose." Like I I will watch the game. And I will want us to win, and I will get annoyed if we don't win. But in I wish, the grand it, I, wish I, I wish it was a league game, like you know what I mean? It's like, when yeah, you, well, because we've just won at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. You, you won the league games, don't you? I guess we'll yeah. have a, a fair keep, few keep, in the next keep few the weeks. momentum going. Yeah. Keep the momentum going, don't you? That's what we want. Yeah, absolutely right. So, anybody else got anything to add then before we before we? Um, wrap it up and we'll let Tom and Matt uh, reflect on whatever happens again Sheffield Wednesday uh, a little bit and um, before they go on to the weekend's game anybody else any, anything else pressing no. no 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 happy James you happy to go back to your company now 
think he's I think he's frozen. He's gone. That was yeah, good timing then, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Uh, I literally just he didn't even wait to, for us yeah. to say goodbye. I thank him. He's just like right. He's he's wrapping the show up now. He's been attacked by a fox I'm or off. something. Maybe. I'm off. <laughs> well, it was good timing then. So maybe James had like really really hot take to add there when I've asked you if you want to add anything and. We're never going to know. We're never going to know. know. Next yeah. time, we'll find out. We will. So, um, uh, thanks for listening, as always. And as I've said, you know, thanks for putting up with us <laughs> for 800 episodes. Um, yeah. So, we'll see you next time. 